and welcome to Lionhearted Marketing. This is a podcast for bold businesses who are ready to go from a slightly scattergun marketing approach to connecting everything they're doing to create joyful, repeatable customer journeys that build connection and consistently convert new clients. That's called a funnel, if you fancy. If you have that nagging feeling, you should have more of a grasp on your marketing, more of a plan, more of a system to support your pretty successful business, you're in the right place. This isn't about trying loads of new strategies. It's about taking what you've got and making the most of it. I'm Sophie, your host, self-confessed tea superfan, marketing strategist, and funnels, or joyful journeys, as I like to call them, demystifier. Join me every Tuesday for my lion-hearted approach to marketing to help you navigate those big moves, stay focused on your goals, and ultimately take your business to the next level. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Lionhearted Marketing Podcast. So today I'm here with my guest, Colette Macbeth. Colette is a trusted storytelling and messaging mentor to hundreds of women who want to reach more people more powerfully without ever having to pretend they're someone they're not. She's also the author of four thrillers, have been published all over the world, and she spent 10 years as a BBC TV news and political correspondent. If you follow me on Instagram or have listened to episode one, but you might already know that I have worked with Colette and more recently on the rebrand. But you might not also know that I was in the very first cohort of her now incredibly epic signature program, Be Seen. Just literally as I was coming back to work after having Ottilie in COVID. And the reason that I joined was I'd never heard of her. I had never come across her before at all. Someone mentioned her name in a Facebook group that I was in and said, oh, my friend's starting this new course about about like sorting your visibility out and like your messaging. And I went onto Instagram and I binged four videos that she had created about what she was doing. And then I just signed up right there and then. So that is a real testament to her own storytelling ability. But she's incredible at helping me unravel the noise in my head and create really compelling messages that use stories at the heart, which just makes it so much more relatable. And in this episode, that is exactly what we're going to explore. I'm going to be talking about storytelling, both from a perspective of uncovering your own story and then building it into your messaging and building your whole business around that. So, Colette, lovely to have you here. Oh, thank you for the amazing introduction. No, I remember getting that email, that message from you yeah. on Instagram. And I was like, who is this woman that who is she? to? <laughs> I think it just shows, doesn't it? Like, you just never know who's watching. And Sometimes it takes like months and years for people to convert. Other times it can just be that like, yep, she's the one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we jump in, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I'm Colette. I spent a long time, as you said, in BBC, not in the glamorous role. I was the person (laughs) who was kind of freezing their backside off at court or in a field or whatever, reporting live on the news. And then I went off and wrote lots of books actually I've got quite a dark mind you might be surprised to hear so yeah. I, you know, yeah, I need yeah. to read your books yeah yes you must yeah and so I did kind of unspeakable things to quite a lot of people which is really good to get is that quite cathartic yeah 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 careful you might end up in one exactly of be like oh she loves familiar <laughs> And I will go back to writing books. In fact, my agent has been uh, waiting on a book for about two years from me. But I just, you know what? I actually got fed up of being in my room, talking to my characters. And I really missed helping other people tell their stories. And funnily enough, I was like, I want to get out of my office. 
I'm going to set up my own business. I'm going to work with, you know, coaches, women, amazing women. And then COVID hit. <laughs> oh my no, God. Yeah. Over my office. Yeah. Yeah. But I live by the sea in Hove. So you probably see me a lot on the beach. Love having a glass of rosé with my friends in the summer. I have got three kids and a dog called Nelly. And yeah, life's pretty busy. Yeah, it's busy. And also you like cold swimming as well don't you you and I've both kind of gone through a bit of a journey with thinking it wasn't something that we would be able to do and now being like quite into it I was in at the weekend and I came back and my husband was like was it cold and I was like well so to you maybe but now that I'm so accustomed I literally had the same story like conversation with my husband because I do it in a pond or lake and it warms up quite quickly as well because it's not that the undercurrent so I was like Oh, yeah, it was fine, but like 18 degrees and I wasn't really, like I didn't really get the high afterwards, like the adrenaline rush. It's like, that's the addictive bit, the chemicals afterwards. So yeah. Yeah. Just on that note, you know, sea swimming and probably cold water swimming was mm. probably something, as you've just mentioned, that neither of us Mm-mm. had done before. And the reason that I kind of went for it was like, I don't want to be one of those people who want to do something, but are held back by their fear of the cold. And yeah. so I kind of made it my mission last year to just go for it. And yeah. I think the same is true a lot in business as well, isn't it? Oh my gosh, so true. And often I find myself when I start doing stuff like that in my personal life, it's because I'm trying to stretch myself in some way. And like I'm like, come on, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I mean, it's like a lot of people say to me, oh, do you like the cold water? I'm like, no, I don't take cold showers. I don't go to pool on holiday if it's cold. Like I have absolutely no interest in cold water. And that's why it was such a stretch for me. But I find doing stuff like that then helps me in my business also push myself as well, I think. Like, yeah. I can do hard things. It's fine. It's fine. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. So everybody needs to get in a cold pool. So just go and get in a cold pool. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Fab. So quick question before we get started. If you go to a restaurant and you could only choose a starter or a pudding, what would you choose? Yeah, I might get a bit of hate for this, but I'd probably mm. choose a starter. Purely because I don't eat gluten or dairy. I'm one of those annoying people. Oh. And puddings are very limited. So yeah, I could, you'd be eating starter. fruit, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What would you? What would your favorite starter be? Oh, something with goat's cheese and beetroot, or yeah, warm goat's cheese and yeah, would be really nice. With warm. yeah, I, I do you know I haven't had beetroot for ages, and my mum had it last weekend with like a walnut feta salad. Mm. Really good. I thought oh, I do actually quite like beetroot. Okay, right. Let's start talking stories. So bigger picture, let's start putting it into a bit of context here. Like, why are we talking about stories in business? Are we talking about our own stories? Are we talking about the story of how we started our business? Like, why do people come to you thinking that they need to start talking about stories? Yeah, well, it's twofold, actually. A lot of people, intuitively, they just know that they've got a story to tell. You know, I get, I get a lot of DMs. It's like, I feel like I've got a story. I know I've got to get it out, but I don't know how to get it out. Yeah. Quite often, that is the story of how they got themselves through something mm. quite tough. That yeah. is not what they're helping their clients with, or they want to bring it to the world. And they know it's powerful, but there's quite a lot that goes on there. So they're like, oh, but, you know, I don't know what's going to resonate with my audience. I don't want to share things that mm. a little bit like washing my dirty dirty laundry in public and sometimes they just don't want to libel other people you know, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes it's for legal reasons yeah yeah and then the other reason is that you know 
we all know that we have this amazing stuff going on, right? Whether it's a product business or a coaching business or you're selling, you know, any other kind of service-based business. But the, what I would call the bridge between you and your people is the communication, right? How yeah. do you actually talk about what you're doing? How do you talk about why it matters? And, and ultimately, let's face it, how do you make sales? Because yeah. right? you can give so much free content, but the, when people really get a transformation with you is when they're going to work with you. And so the people I work with, oftentimes they've tried a lot of other things. They've been in other programs. They've found it's set them back more than it's pushed them forward because it's making them or asking them to be the, someone that they're not. Yeah. You know, and, gives and so they begin to tell themselves a story that what is required of them to be a success is to do something that doesn't actually feel good to them. Mm. And yeah. so the storytelling, this kind of like built in authenticity in the storytelling really appeals to them. And I'm going to say as well, most of the people I work with do not like selling to people. Mm, yeah, I can I can totally see that. And the storytelling is an amazing way to to take the edge off that, isn't it? Well, there's a really interesting thing. And, and one of the exercises I do, I have a corporate course as well, but I do it with my own clients. It's like, think about where the desire is actually built. The desire is not built when we tell people to come in or we tell people, you know, this is what you need, right? You know, I, I'm, I've got sleepless nights. Oh my goodness, you need this, you know, this herbal supplement. Yeah. That's not how the desire is built. And, the, and therefore, it's not really how the sales are created. The desire is built when you show people that you really see them and, and their current predicament. You even understand what things they've done before that haven't worked, what things they hate doing. Yeah. Right? And then show them a way out of that. Well, if you do those kind of two things that I spoke about, now you've got my attention. Now I want to know what it is that you've got on offer. And so yeah. I'm really keen. And that's when I talk about selling without selling. It's like that's where we get the buy-in. Some brands do it so well, don't they? Like you see brands who really understand that and kind of bring you on that journey. And other brands that you'll know, you just get feel like you just get sold like the end product the whole time. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's the best, it's the best, it's the best. But there's no understanding behind it of like, but it's not the best for me because I don't like that. And and kind of overcoming those objections naturally, isn't it, through the story? Yeah. And the reason why, like, for a lot of people, it doesn't feel good is because you wouldn't do that in real life. Like, you wouldn't mm. go to a party and only speak to people when you feel that, you know, you might get something from them, right? So yeah. when we do that on social media, in our content, no wonder it doesn't feel good if you're not that kind of person, right? Yeah. So actually to kind of, get to know your people through that messaging and you know we can talk a lot about how we can build this sort of power into the story by reflecting back what people are going through so they see themselves in the story and then it's like oh you know me right tell yeah. me more yeah so when we talk about stories and using them for our business I'm sure lots of people say but my, my, my life is so boring. Like, I don't have a story to tell. Like, obviously, you've got those people, like you say, who've had that transformation. They've got this, like, amazing story and they just need to help craft it. But I imagine also a lot of people are like, well, I just kind of went into marketing after I went to uni and then I had kids. And now I'm just, I haven't really got a story or a reason I'm doing it. Like, how do I build a compelling story from there? 
Yeah, I'm always like, yes, more boring yes. better. <laughs> Give me like, mundane any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, listen, we're not writing Hollywood here. And and actually, you know, if I was to help people reframe that, sure, if you're writing a novel, you know, or you're writing a kind of, I, I escaped this like, you know, grizzly bear and he tore off half my arm and then I had to get out of the mountains on my own, right? That makes for a compelling film, but that's yeah. not actually what we're doing in business, right? We're showing people that we see them and we understand them. They have a unique solution to their problems. So the relatability factor is so important, you know? Mm. So all of a sudden I'm like, great. So you say your life is boring. My life is pretty boring day to day. So let's chat. Right? You and yeah. we. So that that's never an issue. And every time somebody says, oh, like, you know, I don't have a story. I have never yet met one person who I can't find that story. And actually, you know, if we talk about your core story, it's not your life story. So it doesn't have to be super interesting. But your core story is why you, what you do matters brought mm. to life by a single moment that actually shows your audience what working with you is going to look like in their life. It's really okay. that simple. Yeah. So I often say like your core story, yes, you feature in it obviously quite heavily, but it's not about you because we design it to speak to your audience. Okay. So you have your core story and that is your, your is that like your fundamental business ethos or, you know, like your core thing that you do? And then I guess there's other smaller stories that you use. Yeah to then branch off that is that right yeah there's loads and actually the way I teach storytelling you can have more than one cool story you know people are like but it's this is that and I'm like great you've got more than one so mm. even if you look at that cool story then we'll start you know it can be an amazing diagnostic tool because sometimes people are kind of talking about one thing or going in one business direction I'm like oh but hang on your story really illuminates this part and they're like wow yeah I hadn't seen that before yeah, and that just feels so good, and it's like the missing piece of the puzzle that you know they've mm. been kind of scrabbling around for for ages. So yeah, you can have your your core cool stories. I I always say that's it's quite low frequency. Maybe that biggest story, and what I mean by that is you're not going to share it all the time. Like you're not going to yeah. be on Instagram every single day sharing your core cool story. So therefore, yeah. we need more stories to share. Now you can have success stories obviously a lot of people would say they're testimonials but I don't teach people testimonials because they don't allow your people to see themselves in the journey so we craft we take that testimonial craft as as a success story becomes much more powerful you can have the offer story right not just hey I put this up around so I want to make loads of money this time my guys, I've got targets to hit, okay? Kids, oh. kids need new shoes for school in September, so we could get on this. Yeah, yeah. my kids are my wine. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, saying with love, but then you're why they're not my wife. Yeah. So the offer story, you know, why have you created that offer? And I could tell you the story about my own program, BC, and why I created it. And it was because I, I, I was new to business and... I hadn't sold, like, I, I didn't know how to sell. You know, I was like, oh my God, like, I've been a journalist, I've been an author. You know, now when, when people got on a call with me and they asked me about pricing, I literally go, oh my God, do I have to tell you how you can work with me now? So it never felt good to me. And then because I knew that was a gap, I started to like follow 
sales coaches. And I remember being on this Zoom and this woman saying to me, who is a sales coach, you know, like you have to have this lead board and like track your warm and your cold leads. And then, you know, you can speak to them in the DMs. She wasn't teaching people to spam, but it was like, just get really friendly and chatty with them. And, and I just thought, oh my God, shoot me now. Like, I am not doing that. <laughs> just like, I just think I'm going to have to kind of close this very fledgling business because if that's what it takes to be successful, I know I can't do it. Like one, I don't see people as leads. I see them as people. And two, like I will not have a conversation with someone just in order to bring them into my business. And, yeah. and yet when I put an offer out, I remember like sharing it on one live on Instagram, one live in my Facebook group. And then I've sold out this offer. And I said to my friend, I was like, isn't that amazing? I'm, I'm kind of so shocked because I don't know how to sell. And she said, Colette, you're selling every single day in your content. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I am. I, and, yeah, I so am. <laughs> and I'm just like, why have I not seen that? And so, yeah. you know, the idea that you get to be different, that you don't have to. And look, if tracking leads works for you, great. I'm not knocking it. It just didn't feel good to me. So you get to do things in a different way and you get to build that desire. And you, you know, you get to do that with what I was doing, which was telling stories on video. Yeah. I think as well, it's, it's and I know this is how sort of be seen started as well is that it was about that visibility wasn't it and actually just putting yourself on video and you know like that being visible elevates the story so much doesn't it and like obviously you can write the stories as well and that comes with it and that's part of it but I know you do a lot of reels as well because you can share quite a lot visually can't you quite quickly yeah and I think well one the video obviously my background is in TV reporting, but actually I was really awful. I mean, I was, you know, I could go live to like millions of people on the six o'clock news, but ask me to go live to a hundred people. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh my God. Oh my. <laughs> and when my husband first looked at my videos, he's like, oh, it's still a little bit like Best. Can you see news? He's like, who are you? You know, yeah. This sort of corporate. So everybody has that, right? Even if you, you know, if you've been in PR, I know you were in marketing. It's like marketing for your own business feels so yeah. exposing. It really yeah. was. But with the video, like actually, you know, I'm really time poor and I'm also quite lazy. And so even though I can write, because obviously I've written books, like it will take me probably four times as long to do a written post as it would do a video. So I'm like, which one am I going to choose? which one am I going to choose and I mean I know because I follow you obviously it's like you do them in the car on the school run like on the way back like as you quickly like go in the house to do something like I mean you are like super slick now but we were talking before we started recording about how actually having these threads of stories understanding your clients inside out I think the amazing thing with that is that it becomes very brain friendly and that's what we were talking about isn't it like we're all busy we've all got stuff to do this can't be our entire focus but actually once you get really clear on your stories it just becomes super super simple it really does so going back to what you were saying about like my story is boring so one of the things I teach like going you know kind of filtering down from your core story and your offer story is this small story system called the waterfall story system. And that is like how to take like any of your messages, because you're going to have more than one message. You'll have a kind of like ecosystem of key messages and put them through this story whereby you get to say 
kind of the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. without ever repeating yourself. And and that works on so many levels. One, like I never plan my content because I don't need to because my head is like popcorn. I'm like, oh, there's a little story. I can use that. I can use that. But also if you think about it, right, we none of us really want to be that business tool. So it's like, oh, then there's Sophie again banging on about a business, you know. <laughs> and so while, while we do need to do some of that, when you use these stories and it's like, oh, you know, I was out walking the dog and I have. And, and so all of a sudden people can see themselves in that because they've had relatable incidents. They've had relatable experiences. And so it's yeah. a really powerful way to throw light on what it is you're talking about. Make it really visual. But also right at the beginning, people are like, oh, I see myself in that. Yeah. And that's where the power is, really. I was reading something the other day, actually, about storytelling and how it's the small details that can make a huge amount of difference. Like, rather than saying I was at the shop, saying, like, I was at uh, Lidl's will give someone a totally different visual to I was in the Fortnum & Mason food court. Like, naturally, straight away you have like a set of assumptions of is that me is that not me like and like how was I feeling when I was there and I felt out of my depth or I felt you know suddenly you're like connecting on a different level versus just saying I was at a shop or yeah and look what happens right if you say Lidl right Lidl to me we've got a little really cleanse to us I go there quite yeah, a lot me too but yeah. the queues are massive right so I'm like I'm always slightly like hacked off to be in Lidl because you yeah. know I'm like why am I doing this again why am I queuing up so the kind of feeling that that brings up for me and the emotion, if you said, oh, you know, you were at Fortnum and Mason, I'm like in an entirely different mm. place. And I was doing this yesterday with a client and she was talking it like we were, you know, working out her core story. And I said, okay, you have this corporate career. And I was like, but what exactly did you do? And she mm. was like, oh, well, I was, you know, an HR partner. And I'm like, well, now I get much more of a sense of what we're talking about. So those small details it's a little bit like if you were watching a film and this is where most people go wrong with their storytelling and their messaging but if you're watching a film imagine that film being shot on like a long shot so you never get close up to the characters you never see where they are you never like see their face to see any emotion without the detail that's what you're doing in storytelling you're not allowing people to see and if they can't see they're not living it with you and therefore it loses all its power because the amazing power of the story is that it's interactive. Like yeah. you join in, it's like you're playing the football game. You're not just a spectator. Yeah. And now you're invested in so I don't have to ask for your attention because you're in it. Yeah. You're just living it with me yeah. like right there. And then, so in terms of, so you're coming, so you're coming to this, you're like, right, I've got my business. I mean, it works really, really well for intangible businesses, doesn't it? Like think service businesses, this can work really, really well for where you find it's quite hard sometimes to articulate how you help people and what it is you offer. How are you, how are you bringing the storytelling into your business, like in a more practical kind of sense? Yeah, well, the first thing that comes up there is a lot of people come to me because they've tried to niche, which is kind of the, you know, conventional advice online and you know, they, they, it's like, I help women over 40 regulate their hormones by doing this, right? Yeah. And actually what they find is they do a lot of different things. So it's really hard to pick one thing. But of course, that advice is, is telling them to pick one thing. So actually with the storytelling, what we're doing is we're going, well, 
this what you see is confusion actually sets you apart as a leader so you might have done you know you might have trained in I don't know to be a naturopath or something but then you do meditation and why did you do the meditation because you realize that yes you can treat the body but unless you're treating the mind as well you're not going to get a result so all of a sudden what was become what was before an issue like oh we really can make virtue out of that and we can yeah. show that you have spotted gaps yeah and yeah. then innovated to fill them because that's what leaders do and now we set you up as the guide and we create that case for why your way is better so that's the first piece that people are struggling with, like, how do they describe what they do when they do a lot of different things? In terms of, like, the intangibles, and here's why a lot of messaging feels misaligned, and again, I've been having conversations with people about this just, like, now, is because they feel like in order to get clients, they have to promise a very specific outcome. Mm. Yeah? And yeah. that doesn't always feel good, right? Because you know, I don't promise anyone who comes into my course, I'm going to get you a 10K month. But if yeah. you looked at the old kind of messaging, you know, niche scenario, that's what we're told to promise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very yeah. So what I'm like, well, let's do it visually. Okay. So if you say, I'm going to get you more confidence, that's too bully, right? And, and yeah. that is not tangible. It's not visual. But what is more confidence going to look like in my life? Start to sh tell me about the times when, you didn't have confidence and then you turned that around and what that brought into your life. Now I can see it. Yeah. So it's not so much, if I can say making it tangible, but it's making it visual. When people can see it, they understand what that's going to look like in their life and then it becomes desirable. It's why I end up working with a lot of my clients like you. It's that selling without selling, isn't it? It's just talking about like with that passion about how you can help people move forward, like what it is that you help people to do in their own lives and in their businesses as well. Yeah. So what would be the next steps for someone if they're thinking, right, I want to start thinking about my story. Start with a core story. Is that where you would start? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes your core story can become clear through the messaging work we do with the people, sometimes the core story illuminates the work you want to do. And I never want to be too prescriptive about it because sometimes it's like if that core story isn't immediately obvious, I never want people to get stuck there because it's like, look, it yeah. will be obvious. And also here's the thing, right? If your core story is a kind of mini movie, mini mind movie about why your work matters and what it looks like in people's lives, it's going to be constantly evolving. Yeah, it's not like you're not writing something like a book, a novel that's like once you've done. Right? Yeah, it's always changing, and that's okay. I think that's actually a big thing that's come up for me at the moment with a lot of clients is, and just from an ads perspective as well, like ads change all the time, and people kind of come to me and want often like a definitive answer, like what's going to be the best audience for me, or what's you know, how do I do this type of ads and get this sort of thing. And it's, well, it's just all testing. It will change over the time. There's never going to be one definitive answer. But I say to my clients a lot, it's just for now, it's not forever. You've just got to kind of get started and keep moving and showing that, like doing the testing, making the progress. I've, Same thing with everything, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. I think the testing is massive and that mm. comes in messaging as well. And, 
you know, one of the things like, because well, the conditioning around the niche is really strong, isn't it? And even though, you know, I kind of talk a lot about that, I see people come into my program. They're like, yeah, I want to be my own niche, but they're still approaching it from the old way. <laughs> my new niche is. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, or, or they, they're kind of really spending like a lot of time thinking about this. I help statement. Like I help people and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I have a million different statements like that and nobody is ever really going to buy from you because of that one statement. So how about we just start speaking about what, you know, you're passionate about now and we kind of make that really visual and then you sort of sit with it and go, did that feel right? Or that felt a bit off. And then every time you do that, you get closer and closer and closer because what's also happening is hopefully you're getting the engagement back and you can see what's resonating. And you know, and I know, Sophie, that's a massive one in ads. Some of the best creatives that I have created have performed the worst. (laughs) I say this all the time, like the creatives, I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, I'm pleased with myself with that one. That's going to be great. And then the one I'm like, oh, I'll just quickly do another one to test against it. And it's always the other one that, that does well. Like it's always that you've got to keep testing. And I love that what you said that about, you know, getting the engagement back as well, because sometimes like you can convince yourself like, oh, it's the algorithm. Like no one's seeing, especially if we're talking Instagram, like no one's seeing my posts. Like, oh, that's just how it is. Nobody engages anymore. But I promise you, if you put something out there that resonates with people, I did this a few weeks ago, I put something out there that really resonated with people. And like my DMs and the comments were just flooded, like with people talking to me about it and like booking calls in, like emails off it. And it was like, oh, okay. When you get the messaging right, when you paint a picture, when you tell that story and people really buy into it, the people are there, the engagement is there. But maybe people are a bit more discerning now than they used to be and they just need they want they want that real connection they're not just going to engage for the sake of engaging yeah and and you know I think that that kind of story powered way is like we're doing the hard work for our audience so it's like no I just I you should know exactly in this story if this is you yeah you can see it I'm not leaving you going kind of scratching your head going so does she mean this or this it's like no it's there for you the way to describe it is I'm quite old so you might not remember. I think it was actually, I think they, they remade it. You know, Ready, Steady, Cook? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's like the difference between, you know, a story is like you presenting all your dinner guests with the finished meal. Or yeah. the, the kind of non-story approach is like, here's some ingredients, go and make a dish. You know, so yeah, see what you come up with. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, oh, I think you meant this. And so it's all like a variation on the theme, but it, it, and it's why it's so important. Like if you want your message to land, storytelling is like the best way, right? Because yeah. it's just a precision form of, of doing it. I think as well that what I've noticed about Ad Sophie is that they're phenomenal for actually testing and really seeing in super fast time what message resonates yeah and and we're all kind of like oh if I put money into the ads machine like I want money out the other side and it's like well you know could we look at it slightly differently could we look at it as a long-term growth strategy Mm -hmm. sure you you know I've I've never lost money on ads and I, I would rather not lose money on ads I would rather none of my clients lose money on ads however Sometimes you will see, even by like doing two video views or something, you know, is it this message that's really resonating with people or is it this message? 
And on that note, that does not mean that you have to kind of change your whole program or whatever. It's like what you go out on the front foot with. Yeah. I would talk about like being your own niche or, you know, my waterfall story system. Those two things are really, really powerful for me. I do so much more and you know, you do so much more as well, but what's the strongest signal that is going to attract attention and get people into our world? Yeah. And I've been doing that quite a lot with clients actually at the moment, like the rapid testing as well. So like actually, how can we test out a few, a few different angles, a few different messages and then build on that. So you're not then discarding everything else. You're not saying, right, that's the only message we're ever going to go for from here on in. It's just a case of like, okay, that's what people are responding to. Let's test out because then organically, you know, you're putting out stuff that's going to resonate with people as well. So in terms of your ads and just going back a little bit, how, how have you kind of used them in your business over the last few years? My biggest or my first success, let's not say my Mm. biggest success with ads was actually me kind of learning how to do them myself, which I will say as somebody who feels like they've got a kind of electromagnetic field around them when any tech comes in and like tech just goes wrong. I am, I do not have that kind of brain. I mean, it was like, I think I was crying at one point. I was like, this maybe, you know, but I knew that actually learning or at least understanding them and being able to do them myself was going to be something really powerful for my business. So I ran lead ads, lead form ads, and I think at the time I spent about £750 to get people into a three-day live event that I was doing online, which would lead to my program. Yeah. And I had the most phenomenal, and again, it was because the masterclass really worked. So, it's, you know, it's everything, isn't it? The messaging, it's like where you take people on that journey. But I had gone, you know, because my business was quite young from like a sort of launch that made me 10K to using ads and bringing more people into a launch that made me 35k in sales and I'm like what (laughs) ads now we're talking yeah yeah you know I should say those big jumps often come with so much fear as well so I I don't really believe in the quantum leap because it took me a while to get over that and to kind of recalibrate so you know there is that as well but yeah so I was like okay I'm totally sold on ads and so I have invested money, you know, with you. It's because it's like, well, you know, I felt like maybe I was kind of taking the car out before I passed my test. Yeah. So, so I was a little bit dangerous as ads manager with a little bit of knowledge. And so working with you and actually, you know, we set up my ads for a lead magnet just before Christmas. And I was like, okay, come January, I'm committed to getting 500 new people on my list. And again, it was like, that's money that I'm prepared to spend. And, you know, I remember in February spending a bit more on a on an event. And February was a strange month because it was like, oh, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then by the end, I was like, oh, that's 20K in cash, right? That's quite a lot. Something's yeah. happened. Because yeah. the beauty of it is if you have grown an audience on your email list, and you know that, you know, they're kind of engaged, that they want what you have, then you really can put out different offers yeah. and begin to bring more people in at any time. Yeah. And that's the thing. So you kind of went from much more of a ads before a launch approach, didn't you? And what we worked on was really taking away some of that 
some of that fear and that kind of like, okay, I'm going to spend a lot of money on ads and hope that it kind of comes out the other side to actually, I'm going to take a much more of a systematic approach to this and have ads running all the time, building my list all the time, much more slowly feeding in, like you say, those offers and those calls with people and kind of connecting with them to help. Yeah, to kind of, I guess that safety and that much more predictable then. Yeah. And and you have to trust a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of trust. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, who knows what's going on? Ad costs can fluctuate. My ad costs are weirdly very low, you know, so I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, like not necessarily to expect something immediately and understanding that, you know, some people buy from me, like they will literally see an ad that was, I've just taken on an amazing one-to-one client. And she saw an ad, I think, two days before, got on a call with me. She's like, I'm in, like, my big package. And I was like, okay, wow. But then other people will be, oh, yeah, I watched this. You know, I got your lead magnet back in, you know, January. And they're only now thinking about it. And both is entirely okay. Yeah. You know, and people need to feel it's right for them. I never want to push anyone into it, you know, into working with me if it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I think that's the thing of having the the always on kind of ad strategy the kind of low level always bring people in it's like you will get both like you'll get people who jump straight in and they'll also get people who kind of hold you know wait until they're really ready but if you're only running ads for big launches it's much harder to then catch those people all the time because you're kind of doing it with such a hard big momentum into one thing it's very much about take action now take action now I mean I know you've restructured your whole business so it's much more evergreen anyway so it's kind of comes with that launch process but yeah and a lot of my clients at the moment are talking about how can they make everything like a bit calmer a bit more consistent a bit more confident bringing people in on that kind of basis rather than this big energy and then this big crash yeah and I have a story about that so after the the kind of woohoo amazing launch and mm. I think that was in the February of 2022 I was like great right I'm just gonna like quadruple my ad spend and I'm going to yep. bring four times the amount of people and it's all going to be great and so I spent I think about just shy of five thousand pounds on ads right yeah. so for me that was enormous at the time yeah and I didn't really have the money you know but I'm like no it's fine it's all coming in and I remember getting off I did exactly the same I did exactly yep. the same launch and I remember coming off the, the kind of final day where you know I'm like inviting people in and I had no dms and nobody had expressed an interest and I kind of stumbled out of my room which was entirely different to like jumping out of my room the yeah. <laughs> Wait, I've got 10 dms and everyone wants in and I said to my husband I said I think I've just lost my brand oh. and in terms of your nervous system yeah that's not now ultimately I got exactly the same amount of people in but so for me that was a really good lesson and like the data is the data right it's yeah. not what's going to happen yeah Absolutely. Like, and that's what you like, you know, talking about promises and, you know, when you're doing your promises, like you can never promise like Facebook ads will bring people into your world. You can't then guarantee clients at the other end. You have to put so many more things in place. And that a lot of what I'm doing with clients at the moment is like, how can we make that journey from coming into your world much more consistent and predictable as they go through a kind of customer journey? rather than just kind of pouring them in at the top and like hoping they fall out the bottom as clients. So yeah, but we're all about a nice calm nervous system here. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that, I mean, I have to say, I've never ever spent that amount of money on ads again. So then no, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess probably if you look at your year this year in terms of how much you end up spending on ads versus that year, it probably will end up evening out. It's just that it'll be in a much more like predictable, systematic way where you're bringing people in all the time rather than those big peaks and troughs. Yeah, you're right, actually. I looked on ads managing. I was like, I don't spend that much. Yeah, adds up, doesn't it? (laughs) To me, and I I feel like I should say this as well, like that argument about, you know, organic the ads, to me, it's just Mm. a crazy argument. It's like, hang on. If you wanted to get to Scotland from London and somebody offered you like, you know, a a list, would you rather walk or would you rather get a list, right? Yeah. (laughs) like oh I'll do but the thing that's working really well for me is what happens when people see an ad is they come on short organic yeah right they come and go well who is this person she complete shyster does she know what she's talking about do I connect with her do I actually like her and so they you know I get so many messages and I'm sure you do as well with people going oh I saw this and then I went and binged your content yeah so it's like this beautiful partnership you know, that they work in tandem with each other. And that is a really powerful way for me to do things. And I know you're on that page as well, you know, to have that great content, but then put the kind of, you know, rocket fuel behind it with the ads. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I always talk to people when I start working with them about it's ads will amplify what you're already doing organically. So the first thing we have to do is like do a big audit of your organic stuff. Like what what are you saying? Where are you pointing people? What what actions are we asking people to take? What's your content? Is your messaging strong? And at that point, when we feel like we've got a really nice organic like funnel or customer journey going on and it's working, at that point we put ads to it. And I think when you said, I'm really lucky, my ad costs are really low. Your ad costs are really low because your organic customer journey is really strong and obviously your messaging is really on point um, as well. And that's what can make such a huge difference. People always, always, always ask me, I think it's the audience. I think it's the audience is not working for me. And I will tell you like nine times out of 10, it's not the audience. It is the messaging. Um, Even the graphics, they're not, they have an impact, but not as much as the core messaging you're actually trying to kind of say. And so on that, the bolder I go with my messaging, the lower the cost of leads. I bet. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to, I talk a lot about how do you get really specific like we've been talking about like people need to know it's for them like within an instant you have got no time with ads to fluff about and sort of make it really woolly like you've just got to get to the point and like you say make it really like oh okay and that's where you kind of get the magic amazing oh that is such an amazing chat thank you Colette what would you say is the one thing that someone could do today to start taking action on this oh so I think first of all it like do a little audit on yourself, right? What are you mm-hmm. saying? And where is there a little bit of mismatch between what you're saying what you and what you want to say? Yeah. yeah. Because you kind of know if you just give yourself enough space, you know where you're maybe selling yourself a bit short or you're not being bold enough or, you know, you're talking about, hey, get clients when what you really want to help people about is with mindset in business, but you feel like you've got to talk about getting clients because everybody else is. You know, it's out of alignment with you. And then like, you know, what is your journey? Like, what is that core story? How does that build the case for what you do and set you up as a leader? Like, don't ever be confused about that, but see it as like a real virtue and an asset that you can capitalize on. Yeah, amazing. And just because that works really well to flow into, you have got a new download. Is it a core story blueprint? Is that right? Yeah, it is. So this is... 
this is kind of like what I took you through when we worked together. Mm, amazing. <laughs> well, it's really good, guys. So, <laughs> yeah. So, this is the kind of process that I take people through how you can design this cool story that actually acts as a client attraction magnet because those people can see themselves in it. So, yeah, it's called the cool story blueprint. Amazing. So, that link will be in the show notes. And if you want to follow Colette and all of this and see how this amazing story framework and stories live, you can go to Instagram, Colette Macbeth Storytelling. And she's also got a Facebook group, The Big Visibility Lounge. And I will put the links to those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Colette. That was amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes every Tuesday when they're released. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to rate or leave a review wherever you're listening to it. It only takes a few seconds, but it really does make a massive difference to new people finding me. Thank you again for joining me, Sophie, in this episode of Lionhearted Marketing. See you next time.